DHS quarantine episode three. We're doing our best here to keep you guys from going stir crazy. Uh, three on three guys, five on five guys alike. Everybody's kind of missing the game. So we're doing our best to bring guys on from around the country and kind of share their stories and, uh, you know, just talk the game in a time when we really can't get out there and play it. Uh, so today we've got joining us from Tampa Bay area. We've got Josh Dries. Josh, introduce yourself to the guys, uh, to the to the listeners here and tell them what you're all about. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you guys today. Uh, my name is Josh Dreeth. I'm the manager of youth and street and ball hockey for um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so my job is to grow the game of, of ball, street, ice hockey, deck hockey, all hockey in the Tampa, Tampa area. Um, so I work, uh, yeah, I work full time with Vinick Sports Group and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Good deal. So just a little bit about your background. I know you're, uh, you know, from the Toronto area. How did you land in uh, sunny South Florida? Yeah, I went to, uh, I actually went to school in Sudbury, Ontario. Uh, and, and it gets minus, it's minus 40 there where Fahrenheit equals Celsius. And um, went to school up there. I grew up in Toronto, went to school in Sudbury. And then my last year of schooling, I, I, I took an internship down in Tampa. So I went from well, as cold as you can go to uh, probably as hot as you can go. Um, so it was a great, I, I took an internship, did a eight month internship, internship down here. And then, um, after the internship, I worked a bit in uh, minor league baseball and then ended up getting a full-time job with the lightning. Um, after that, about eight months later. No, that's awesome. I, I mean, just me personally, if I'm a negative 40, Florida is where I want to land. So <laughs> congratulations <laughs> there. That worked out well, but, uh, from your transition from intern to minor league baseball into, you know, the lightning organization, where did you start there? And then kind of how did you progress to where you are now? Yeah. So five years ago, the NHL and the NHLPA uh, came up with a fund called the industry growth fund. And the job of that, um, the purpose of that fund is to grow the game of hockey. So um, all the different teams put in applications on how they thought that it was best to grow the sport. Um, any team in the NHL could put the application in. We put our customized application in, and a big part of that was um, utilizing ball and street hockey to uh, to grow the game. And I say ball and street hockey because we still go back and forth. And you guys could probably maybe answer that answer that argument at some point in this conversation today. Uh, we never know what to call it. Whether it's just introducing kids uh, out at the schools, we usually call it street, and then we we have the rinks, and you call it ball hockey. And so go back and forth on that. But um, yeah, we got to, we received a, um, funding from our owner, the NHL and the NHLPA, to to grow the game. And we utilize the game of ball and street hockey to, to do that um, five years ago. And now we're sitting five years later um, with a large amount of what we do in our department, uh, utilizing the game to the, the game of ball and street to grow, to grow, uh, grow the game of hockey in this area. No, good deal. And, and obviously we spend a lot of time talking like, you know, growth of the game and that's a huge initiative from, you know, the local side and, actually all across the United States and, you know, ball deck, street hockey, whatever we're going to call it is, you know, in our opinion, one of the best avenues to do that. Um, so I just wanted to ask, and, you know, coming from, you know, Canada, which is, you know, hockey crazy into South Florida in Tampa, what, what was your impression of the hockey in the area when you first got there? Well, it would have been over six years now. Um, I was impressed on um, how much hockey were, there was there. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, to be honest with you. Um, and right when I was coming on, was right, right, when, right when the Lightning started to expand their, their fan base. So if you'd see a hat in the mall, you'd, you'd get fired up and excited. Ah, someone's wearing a Lightning hat. But now, like, 
Um, if you come to Tampa, there's banners everywhere. Uh, Tampa truly is a hockey city. Um, our numbers are growing, you know, 500 new ice hockey players every year, tons of ball hockey players. Um, so from where it was maybe six years ago to now, I'm very impressed, but I was pleasantly surprised when I first came down here um, with, with what uh, Tampa had to offer hockey-wise for sure. Now, again, that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to, you know, transition down to Florida and get your perspective on that because, you know, traditionally and, you know, stereotypically, you know, not your biggest hockey market, but you have, you know, obviously the Lightning and then the Florida Panthers coming in in the early 90s that kind of started that expansion. Same thing at Phoenix and, you know, Dallas and the success they're seeing with their teams and you're seeing 500 new players a year, but you're also seeing you know, junior teams develop, you know, you have the minor league systems in Pensacola and the SPHL and Jacksonville and the ECHL all across the board. I'm going to forget them. So I'm going to stop naming them. <laughs> and, then, you know, <laughs> and then triple A teams, you know, that are, you know, further developing that elite youth level that are all based in Florida and seeing success. So it's definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on as, you know, the, the Northern boys in the Northeastern and, you know, us here in the upper Midwest, it's something we're going to have to, Try to collaborate on because I mean, honestly, if you tell me you're having a tournament in December in Florida, probably going to make a trip down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, no, but you talked a little bit about <laughs> hey, they're direct flights and they're super cheap, so we can make it, <laughs> we can make it work. Uh, <laughs> Um, but you're talking like, you know, the initial rollout with the, you know, the NHL, and the you know, the Venick ownership group and that kind of grant program that was uh, written was based around, you know, ball street hockey. Kind of tell us a little bit about that because I understand that's your, you know, major focus with the organization. Yeah. So originally the goal was to visit 500 schools in the Tampa area and donate a hundred thousand balls and sticks to kids in the, in the area. So what we would do is we, and we got, we got that approved. Um, what we do is we go to, we go to schools, we, uh, we set up a little mini, mini rink in the back there, and we take over their PE class for the day, just teaching the game of, of ball hockey to these kids, um, teaching them some basic drills, how to stick handball around cones and things like that. And then we always end with a fun game. So we'll go to, um, we'll go to eight, probably around six to eight schools a week, um, just introducing them to the game of ball hockey and hockey in general. These kids may have never seen hockey before, so it's such a great way to start their fandom and their interest in the game of hockey as well. The great part about ball hockey is all they need is a stick and a ball when we're out at these schools, right? So there's, it's such a low entry to the barrier. So it crosses all socioeconomical like boundaries. Girls love it. Boys love it. Um, and we've just seen such success from that original school program. So much so that a couple of years ago, we, we applied for another 500 schools to go to even younger. So first through third grade. The original program was for fourth through eighth grade. So we ended up doing this program now for first through third grade, and we're done 300 schools in that program. So over 800 schools in the last five years, um, donating almost 200,000 hockey sticks and balls, you know, just to drop that uh, initial interest in the game. Um, and that's, that, that school program has done a great job in doing that. No, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, we've said it before, and I'll just call Mock out here and not calling him out, but one of his, uh, you know, taglines, one of his goals is, is to see every man, woman, and child in the country with a hockey stick in their hand. And, absolutely. you know, I, I think 
<laughs> I think the this approach is one of the ways to do it because once the kids get involved, that's when the you know the dad's going to get involved because he wants to be you know a part of it with his kid, and then you know the mom's going to be there anyway, so she might as well pick up a women's league and um, you know go in that route. So definitely appreciate that, but just kind of expanding on that a little bit. So you have your, you know, your initial PE class, but is there any follow-up or, you know, like we participation that happens from there? Like how do, how do you take that initial excitement and expand on it? Yeah. Great. Uh, great, great question. Um, the one way we do it is uh, through a tournament. So we'll run, we'll run five tournaments throughout the year um, for elementary and middle school kids. Those tournaments are completely free. And a lot of those tournaments are from schools that we visited. So say we visit Stewart, elementary school we'll invite Stewart elementary school out to a tournament that's in their area and we'll pay for their jerseys and the refs and everything to run that tournament so once you see the once you see those kids in those schools come out to the tournaments it's unbelievable it's game on um you know i i will i will say this we've we've had to call the cops once it got so intense um so i mean and that just shows how intense and how much they are passionate for the game obviously i don't love seeing that but at the same time, it does show that they're fired up for the game of hockey. Um, so we, we, run a, we run five tournaments throughout the year in different areas around, uh, around Florida and, and the five counties surrounding and Emily Arena where the Lightning play. And then we also run Hockey Day in Tampa where it's a 50-team ball hockey tournament. So we'll invite we'll – have, we'll have uh, 20 elementary, 20 middle school teams and 10 all-girls teams um, is what we had this year. And they'll compete for um, they'll compete for the Colormore Cup, which is the middle school division. One of our alumni, they'll, they'll each have a division that they're competing in. Um, and so teams have after school schools have after school programs to help get ready for those tournaments and everything. And then the other way, um, sorry to ramble here, boys. The other way, the other way too is through our our league. So we've helped start a lot of ball hockey leagues in the charter schools. So a lot of the charter schools in the area, one of their competitive sports that they compete against is ball hockey. So just like you would do basketball or volleyball growing up, they're competing in ball hockey. It's part of one of their sports. And a lot of the schools say that they get the most fans out for, for and the most parents out for these ball hockey programs. So it gets really intense in these tournaments and leagues, which I love to see. Um, the kids are so passionate. Um, I'm talking like get down on your knees, cry after scoring a game-winning goal passionate. Um, so um, the leagues and the tournaments are a big way and also advanced clinics. We'll run some advanced clinics at the outdoor rinks where we utilize our alumni. So really the advanced clinics with the alumni, the league play and the charter schools, we're trying to get it out to more outdoor rinks. And then, um, and then also the tournaments are the way where we kind of take their, their play to the next level. So speaking to that, how do you guys, when it comes to these tournaments or these leagues, how do you structure it? Uh, is it, is it, I guess, is it divided up based on skill level or is it based on maybe a player's age or how do you guys sort of lump teams together and sort of classify everyone? Yeah, I, I'd say, uh, I'd say, Eric, like the, the one thing is uh, um, where we're at in ball hockey, we've played a lot of ball hockey in the Tampa area, but it is there. Are, and there are the teams that compete and, and, and win a lot of the times, but you see a pretty even playing ground. There are the teams that just started, but we're not, it's very competitive, but I wouldn't say that you have like the Tampa all-star elite ball hockey team swiping the field. So we separate it by elementary, which is third through fifth and then middle, which is sixth through eighth grade. And then we try to separate the divisions evenly, but there's not, and, and there are the, the, the team, the one team that swiped hockey day this year, Academy at the farmer was a charter school up in the Pasco area. They actually, 
after we introduced the game and went to their school, they built their own rink in the, in the back of their school. So they got a 100 by 50 rink in the back of their school, and they have 150 kids in their ball hockey program that they teach after school. So this one coach, who was very passionate about the game of hockey, got the funding, built the rink, and now runs 150 after school kids playing ball hockey. So no wonder they swept hockey day this year. Um, but, you know, you're starting to see those teams take it even more seriously. I mean, that commitment and, you know, I think it's happened for everybody. Once you, you pick up the stick for the first time and you're never putting it down. And I think that's what it takes. And then finding that passion in the community for somebody who's going to do something like that and it just expands and grows and grows. It, it becomes that, you know, proverbial, I don't want to say butterfly effect because that's the wrong term, but, uh, you know, it just resonates throughout. But you did mention, and I, I kind of want to talk about this a little bit because you mentioned the ring size, which is 100 by 50, right? That's like yeah. three on three style for us. And, yeah. do you, and not your traditional, you know, 200, or I, I don't even remember the dimensions of the ice rink anymore, 200 by 80 or you know, 180 by, you know, the 60, depending on Olympic or NHL. I'm probably wrong there, so don't backtrack. Yeah, 200 by 85. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's why we're bringing up. This is why we're bringing experts on. Um, but how do, how do those ring size vary by location? And are you playing, uh, you know, a different style in each one? Or is it a, just a commonality between them just making it work? Well, the goal is to start getting these. We really want to get these schools to have some portable boundaries, you know, like the, just like the portable rinks you see, like the foam pad set up. But right now at the charter school rink, um, um, we just wanted to get something started and they actually play by the basketball lines. So like you would soccer. So if the ball goes out, the other team gets it. Yes. It slows the gameplay down dramatically. Um, but that's how they've paid it, played in the past. Still love it. But we're, lo we've, we're looking to take this to the next level. So, um, we've built five outdoor rinks, uh, this year that are 120 by 60. And then we're looking to build another five, um, by, you know, by Christmas of, uh, of, uh, this year. So we'll have 10 outdoor rinks in the Tampa area. And then we'll run the gameplay through those outdoor rinks. So we'll, we'll, have the, we'll have them at the rink. So we'll be able to run that um, 120 by 60 uh, um, game um, in that circumstance, yeah. No, and real quick, I just kind of want to talk about that stat you just threw out there. You know, five existing rinks, but five more by Christmas. I mean, that's huge. That's doubling in, you know, was it eight months? So yeah. how, did it, how did those first five rinks get built? What was that time frame? And I'm just looking for a comparison to, you know, five more in eight months, like just looking at a growth yeah. pattern. Yeah, we had, so um, the All-Star game was held in Tampa, uh, what was it, 2018 and the 18th season. And they built an outdoor rink as part of like the legacy product project. So every time the All-Star game's held at a location, they'll usually build an outdoor rink or something to give back to the community. So we had one of those and then we had one from the 96 or 98 All-Star game. And then there was a couple other outdoor rinks in the area, so call it five. And then this last year, we put a proposal together to build 10 more. So um, 10 more that are owned by the uh, and owned and built by the Lightning um, and then given off to the local parks and rec departments or parks, um, county parks. Um, so we built the first one probably in, what was it, um, September of last year and built another one around Christmas. And then we launched three in one week in February. We had hockey week in Tampa where we did the big hockey day ball hockey tournament. And then we did three different other uh, outdoor rink launches in the same week. Uh, it was kind of crazy, but it was a really good week. <laughs> so now we have those five and then we'll have another five in the next probably five months or so. 
So then, so I, I mean, that's just out are all these different locations. Are they? Uh, is it sort of a population density thing, or are you guys uh, really got a big footprint? Yeah. So there's the five counties around the arena. Is kind of how we operate. Um, Manatee, Hillsboro, Pinellas, Polk, and Pasco. So we try to put one in each of those. So that's five. And then um, some counties that we work with a little closer, we'll put two or three, or or, or Hillsboro, which is where Tampa. Uh, where the lightning play. Um, so they're spread out. The Lakewood Ranch one that we first built was down in, uh, it's down in uh, Bradenton area. So that's probably a good 75, 80 miles from the rink. And then from there, if you want to go to the furthest north one, you're probably talking 100 plus miles. So they're spread out enough. Um, but the, yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton of them now. Um, a ton of opportunities for kids to play. We're just looking to take it to the next level now to be able to run more programming and leagues in those ranks. Right. Well, and I'm sure that there's a lot that goes into uh, with all those different locations and stuff. I know the way that we've been expanding in like the Midwest, Iowa, Illinois area, we have individuals that will run each separate location. Um, and I feel like those guys sometimes get a little bit thrown by the wayside and, you know, they've got a lot on their plate too. So how do you guys kind of manage each individual rink? Because obviously you can't be in five yeah. or be at 10 places at once. Yeah, you guys are speaking music to my ears for sure. I mean, as we sit here, obviously all four of us are very passionate about this, right? You guys are doing a podcast about it, and I, it's my full-time job. So we're all very passionate about ball hockey and, and hockey in general. And that's one of the biggest challenges that all of us have, and I'm sure you guys have it as well, is that we have to teach other people. We have to, we have to introduce the game to other people and teach them how to teach the game and love the game and spread the good word. Because if we do that, then the sport's going to grow even more. Us four can do our part, obviously, but we need that we need other people in the communities to grow the game, teach the game, officiate the game, to be able to grow the game. So having those people that we trust at each rink is really important, and it's a struggle. I'll be quite I'll be quite honest with you. It's it's a struggle because once those rinks and the people running those rinks really embrace the sport, it's a game. It's game on. They're running leagues. They're holding tournaments. They're holding leagues and what did we do? We just, we built it and we helped them start. Right. So um, that's a constant battle that we have. Some rinks have already, you know, got their summer camp plans, their leagues plan tournaments, like, and then others, we have to be a little more hands-on and help them run the league a little more, help them run clinics a little more. Um, so each rink is a little different to kind of answer your question, but we don't want any rink to fall, to fall below the others. We want to try to keep them active. Um, and it's tough because it's every day of the week for 10 different rinks. So we have a, another full-time person underneath me that, that works on that and just has weekly and bi-weekly meetings with those rink managers. We're looking to have some of our part-timers take ownership of each individual rink, like just trying to come up with ideas so that they don't just grow grass, right? Um, or, or not be used. Um, definitely a, an undertaking, undertaking daunting there. And, I think some of that, you know, I think anybody who starts up something like this is going to see a learning curve, um, a lot of lessons learned. So I'm just, I, I'm just elated the fact that, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are so invested that, you know, that they're willing to put in that level of effort and then bring in people like yourself and, you know, the one working under you whose sole job it is to grow that game. Um, I guess one of the things I was just wondering and kind of selfishly is, being the Tampa Bay Lightning, you had talked about alumni coming into events, and we've seen other markets where the NHL has something similar where, you know, they're, you have Brian Russ going out from Pittsburgh into doing kids camps with uh, Pittsburgh Deck Hockey. Are there any, uh, you know, 
active roster, big name, you know, I don't know, Kucherov, Stamkos, Flassie, (laughs) (laughs) Paquette, like I can name 8 million superstars on that team getting out there for events and then kind of uh, attracting and retaining. Yeah, if we want to, if we want to give a little shout out to your French Canadian followers, uh, Paquette did did come out to, uh, Paquette did come out to our last rink opening and kind of helped out with the clinic and things like that, along with Mitchell Stevens. Um, our players are, have a busy schedule. We, we kind of rely more on our alumni um, and our players can kind of drop in as, as, as they can and as their schedule permits. Um, but we do lean, lean on our alumni pretty heavy. Um, like Vincent uh, Le Cavalier, there's another French Canadian name for you. Um, he's a big, big time player. Um, he, he helps, uh, uh, he, he'll drop in once in a while. We have two full-time staff members actually that are alumni in our community hockey department that help run the ball and ice hockey actual like feet on the ground clinics. So their job is just to run the programming. So one's Matthew Garon, another French Canadian. Um, and then the other is Jason Cullimore. So those two alumni are solely in charge of helping uh, run the, um, help run these programs when it comes to the drills and the actual on ice and on, on court and on rank training. Uh, but then we also have a bunch of other alumni too. So we, we utilize our alumni a little, a lot more than our, our current players in Tampa. No, I, and that, I think that's fair. I mean, right, you're, you're a professional player. You've got a lot on your plate, training, traveling, you know, taking time off in the gym. So totally understandable there. I just kind of want to throw this out there. And did you know you had a player? Uh, I think he's with Florida now in the AHL. kind of was with hiatus. Yeah, so that's what I was getting at. at like Team Canada, you know, top player in the world in some rankings in uh, international competition. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed on the – the, the, the little bit of a ball dropped on that one, but that was a unique situation because he was up and down a lot. So like he wasn't uh, he, like he, he was, he was with the team, but he, you know, he, he had an interesting year with us. So if he would have stayed another year, I had him on my list to reach out to you right away to help programming. He was only with us a year. So when it comes to, when it comes to having the opportunity, it was there for the year. So I feel like I dropped the ball a little bit on that, but um, yeah, I'd love to, if you guys know of anyone that's interested, that, that, loves to spread the word of the game or any semi-pros or whatever it is, please let us know in Tampa. We'd love to have them help out. Well, I was going to ask you too, is uh, how many guys that you know of, be it, uh, you know, current active roster or alumni, whatever, how many of these guys are like that where they have uh, a really good ball hockey background? I know we see a lot of these guys from like the Montreal area and stuff like that, that, you know, have really been immersed in that, uh, the ball hockey culture. Um, so what's it, what's it kind of look like hanging around with pro players and stuff? I mean, is there kind of a divide? Maybe some of the American players, you know, don't have as much experience the Canadians, maybe more. Oh, it's, um, I would say a lot of the, the Canadian, it's the French Canadians. I feel like that have a lot more awareness of that. I mean, the, the ball hockey, when it comes to like the guys out west, like the big defensemen that are brutes growing up in the NH- playing in the NHL or the WHL, you know, growing up, like not a lot of ball hockey. Um, but um, it's interesting. I feel like it's kind of all over the place. So Glenn Metropolit is Glenn Metropolit um, recently moved to the Tampa area. He played a bunch of different for a bunch of different NHL teams, and and he played roller and a little ball. And his hands are unbelievable. So obviously he's out there supporting it, but I would say, I would honestly say that everyone is everyone that um, um, is in our alumni base 
was more on the ice hockey side and is just supporting the ball hockey side now. So yeah, not a lot of ball hockey players in our alumni, but they're pretty well, good when still. We to, <laughs> when we had talked to Corey, I was just going to mention, we, uh, they had Brian Russ come out and do a very similar thing with their youth program in the Pittsburgh gods. And <laughs> Corey had kind of, you know, I, I don't know, maybe thrown a little, a uh, little jab at him. Uh, that on his first couple of shots, he was missing the net. Had it, it took him a minute to adjust to the ball. So, yeah. I mean, do you see any of these guys that are used to playing, you know, traditional ice hockey or even kids that play traditional ice hockey and it takes them a minute to get used to the, the different ball? Yeah, you're so right, Eric. The one thing is that in our tournaments, we will it, say we're maybe short a team or two. We'll be, oh, let's throw an ice hockey team in there. All right, so we'll do that once in a while. And the ice hockey team never wins, never wins. The ball hockey team always wins. These ball hockey players, they might have had one ice hockey player on their team, but the ball hockey players, the ball hockey teams always beat the ice hockey teams in ball hockey, which I'll be straight up, I was surprised with. I grew up playing ball hockey on the street with my friends every day after school. I never played organized a little bit. I played a little bit of organized ball hockey, but nothing intense. So, um, but yeah, these ice hockey teams are losing to the ball hockey teams and um, the alumni the alumni, after coming out to a few school clinics, their hands start to get under them and they start to show a little skill. But, yeah, they're whizzing them over the net. you got to watch out if you're a kid watching, walking behind the net of the school visit. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of weight behind the ball versus the puck, so it takes a second to get used to. And we see something very similar here. We host the three-on-three uh, national tournament um, here in Iowa. You know, we have – NCA D1, Junior A, you know, WHL type guys that, um, that come in, form teams with background and, you know, even even pro ice players still that'll come in and on these teams and they're no, nowhere near as successful as the organized ball hockey. And it's, it's almost a night and day. It takes them a little, bit get, a little bit to get used to, but you never see them really make a push for that championship game. So it, it's definitely, and we're talking about it before, it's a, just understanding the nuances of the game. They're running in circles, right? Yeah. They're, running, they're running in circles out there. Like they're, they're, like they're chasing their tail. When they, they, they don't realize that the ball moves pretty quick, and when you spread out and pass it around, it, uh, it, it changes the game, right? Like it's just a different, it's a different game. It's crazy. Like the ice hockey players, like even when I first started playing ball hockey, like I was running way too much. Like I, I obviously you have to be very, very fit to play ball, ball hockey, deck hockey, and you, and you do run a lot. But when you, when you hold your position and you pass the ball and you know where to go, like it's, it's a lot different. Holy, it's a lot different. And I, I think you just really hit the strategy on the head there. It's a possession game. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's controlling your breakouts and, you know, understanding your teammates and your players. But I mean, that's, you could make that same argument for ice too, but you know, that transition just, it, it isn't the same. And being on your feet, versus the skate you're going you know five miles an hour versus 25 so you've got to be able to understand you know what your body can do with that ball and it, yeah. it's it's great to see though and just having those ice players reaching out and venturing into that outside of you know Quebec which is huge is kind of a, a huge next step um, but I kind of wanted to circle back onto what we were talking about earlier and you know that youth movement and you're starting young, right? Your elementary school and kind of building it up through middle school. Do you, do you have, or are you thinking about a plan to kind of keep that behind them in high school? And then you talked about the prep teams who do that, but is that something you're looking to expand even further in the Tampa area? 
Yeah, I, there's opportunity now, right? We've introduced them to the game. We've got them hooked on the game. Um, and now how do we take it to the next level? Um, I would love to start seeing some like development of like some more advanced ball hockey players, like grabbing, if you grabbed like 15 of these kids that are playing ball hockey in these ball hockey leagues and put them on a team, they'd be pretty damn, they'd be pretty damn good. Um, and then, um, and then when it comes to like high school, we've been brainstorming on how we can create a high school ball hockey league. So we run the ice hockey high school league. So the lightning high school hockey league, it's an, it's an ice league. So we run that. Um, there's 18 teams in that. My thought is how can we get 18 teams, the same teams in a ball hockey league, right? So right now there's a gap. Um, we've identified it and um, again, open to any ideas, but I think that a high school ball hockey league um, would be, would be, would be pretty awesome. And then trying to pull out some of the more elite players on the, on the other elementary or middle school, let's say, and maybe, maybe bringing them to a tournament or something. I, I don't know. I, I definitely think there's some room to grow it to, to kind of show that elite level. Like you always kind of want to see that elite level so that they could, the kids can grow to that because the worst thing that can happen with ball hockey. And I'm very, I'm very like passionate about this. The worst thing that can happen is that people just say, Oh, this is just ball hockey. We're just hitting a ball around and they get bored after eight weeks of it. Right. It's a competitive sport that um, takes a lot of practice and strategy. And if you just think of it as something where you're just hitting an orange ball around, that is not the way to look at it. So you, but you have to give them those pathways to grow as well. So that's something Absolutely that we always speak in the language, man. Yeah. I, you got say, it. I, think, I think the pitch to a lot of these kids that even play at a, a you know, maybe a, a junior high or a high school at a high level um, where they're playing club hockey, they're traveling, you know, and they're seeing the competitive, uh, environment a lot. I think the main pitch to them is that if you take and you dedicate yourself to learning the sport of ball hockey or even deck hockey, there are, you know, you could potentially represent your country overseas, you know, I mean, and, and wear the stars and stripes many, the same way that, you know, we view it the same way that we view an Olympic team. Um, and that's, that's the ultimate level of competition is when you're going head to head with Canada or Slovakia on the national stage. I mean, I don't know what there is that's going to be north of that in your hockey career, but I think that's a pretty strong uh, pitch to a kid who's at that pinnacle of the sport. Yeah. yeah. Got, and, and we got, and, and we do need intent. We got to figure out how to get there. I mean, um, there's no, like, we don't have a lot of indoor courts, right? A lot of it's outdoors. So um, at some point we'll, we'll need more of that um, to, to run that year round. Cause it gets pretty, uh, pretty hot in, in Tampa, but um the one thing that excites me about like ball hockey being at maybe the more competitive, like Olympic level is that I guarantee you that what that team looks like is going to look a heck of a lot different than what the team looks like in ice hockey. You're going to see diversity. You're going to see people from all different backgrounds. Right. And in order to grow the sport of hockey in general, we have to have that. We have to diversify. We have to diversify what it looks like to be a hockey player and what it is to be a hockey player. Right. Um, so I think ball hockey gives that opportunity there. It'd be pretty cool to see what that competitive team looked like. And, and what did it consist of Hispanic, black, um, Latino, um, like all over the place. Right. So. Well, exactly. And I, and I think that's one of the benefits of the sport that, you know, I, for the, I hate saying this, but you know, you can kind of leverage, right? Like it's so it, hockey's not cheap. <laughs> We've got a tens of thousands of dollars of equipment sitting downstairs right now. And it's, you know, it's an investment and not everybody's fortunate enough to be able to do that. But when you're looking at ball hockey, you're wearing, it's a pair of shoes, shorts you already own, a stick, gloves, and a helmet. 
Like that's yeah. it. Like it, there's, yeah. you're not making that, you know, $1,200 skate investment and in, you know, what, whatever else on top of that and the ice time. So that's, that's really the essence of what ball hockey can really bring in a growth mode is that it's a sport for everybody. It's almost like, I call it new soccer, right? Soccer had an explosion yeah, yeah. because it's, it's accessible. Yeah. And kind of hitting again, like what you're talking about, is like, you know, developing that high school league. I mean, I think you're in a great spot if the lightning already, you know, kind of have influence over the ice. But one of the things that, you know, I, and this is to Mock's point too, is you give those kids something to look forward to, give them that, uh, you, you know, that, that role model that, you know, hey, if I, if I work through middle school, you know, I, I can go play on this team and be an elite player within Tampa. And then that can spur to, you know, and I'm an elite player in Tampa. I'm actually really good. Do I have a shot of wearing those stars and stripes? And then going overseas to play for the red, white, and blue. And, you know, but you've got to, like, do it incrementally, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm open, guys, offline to chat more about that, too, about, like, how do we create those steps in Tampa? Um, a lot of what I've done is at the grassroots level and creating that interest. And, I've, and we have created quite the interest and um, open to discussing with, like, USA Ball Hockey Corps and their team. How do we take it to the – how do we take it to the next level and what, what types of clinics or programs can we put in place in Tampa this year, next year, or both like to start pushing it that way, you know? Well, I think the hardest part is getting off the ground and getting, you know, not only that first rink, but that second rink and trying to go, okay, this is starting to catch on. We're starting to get people buying in. And then once the, the snowball starts rolling, I mean, um, probably not the best term to use, but it's like, uh, it's like a virus, man. You know, I get it. I give it to my friend. He gives it to his family. Before you know it, the whole high school's got a rink in their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to start somewhere. So even if it's for our high school team, whether it's maybe it's six teams the first year, four teams, whatever it is, you know, at least make that first step. Absolutely. That's where we started. You know, one rink, just a couple teams. Now we're, we're looking at a third rink in 10 leagues. So oh, wow. the foundation. And we're the headquarters for Team USA five or three on threes. I mean, I didn't think we'd be here five years ago. Who would have thought? So. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought in Iowa that occurs? But, I mean, it, it, yeah. and again, it's, it's ball hockey. It's an accessible sport. And it makes it – you can make it anywhere because the passion for the game is across, it's across the country. It's coast to coast. It's just getting people the opportunity to do it and then putting the systems and processes in place to grow it. And, I mean – with everything you've been telling us, I mean, in that short period of time, that's absolutely fantastic. And clearly, let's keep the conversation going offline about anything, ideas we have or anybody we can connect with that, uh, you know, can can help you get there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's chat about this three on three, uh, three on three game, because, uh, you know, because I, I, I think with the rinks that are building them being 120 by 60, uh, maybe we can get a pretty uh pretty uh, awesome little maybe uh, um, christmas tournament down here you guys bring your bring your teams and hey. maybe we set something up <laughs> so oh, that's a perfect <laughs> transition then so uh every year right around february or so uh, i go down and i visit my parents we actually fly into tampa um they're just right there on the gulf so when i get bored and i get in the good weather for the first time in a while and I get that itch to go and play some, some ball hockey. What can somebody that's, you know, 30 years old do? Uh, do you guys have anything for adults or like a beer league thing? Or, or how does it work once you, you know, maybe get slightly past your prime? Yeah, come on. You're still in your prime. Let's be real. Uh, 
No, so um, um, we have uh, we have one league that we helped um, start. So we have our we have our indoor facility, like I was saying. There's the small rinks where where it's a very tight tight game, and we have ten adult teams in that um, sixty by thirty rinks. So very very different. Uh, but then when it comes to the outdoor rinks, the um, the one twenty by sixties that we're building, um, the first league started up uh, adult league. It's uh, it's an Oldsmar, um, and it is a beautiful rink. So they put even more into it, the city. It's, you know, sport court, nice benches, cover, a beautiful cover. Like, um, it's really, really nice. So in Oldsmar, they have uh, men's uh, ball hockey leagues going on. Um, and then the other rinks, we're, um, I mean, we opened them in February. So right before all this, um, I guess, craziness, you can call it. So once things get back to normal, we'll start to run some um, three-on-three ball hockey leagues for adults in those, um, in those leagues as well. Um, so right now, Oldsmar is the main league in Tampa. But you give me a shoot me a text, and we'll, and we'll, we'll we'll set you up when you get down here. Wonderful. Well, let's do it. Let's plan for something for Christmas. We'll call it Team Iowa versus Team Florida. Okay. We'll just show. Yeah, we'll we'll show up with sandals that we pulled out of like whatever closet because they've been away for six months. But we'll definitely do it. <laughs> Midwest All Stars. <laughs> you're not allowed to bring those the french canadians you're not allowed to you're not yeah you gotta leave them off the roster for this one <laughs> uh can we call them player coaches yeah okay okay <laughs> uh no but i think it'll be good and and definitely everything you're doing down there sounds fantastic and we're happy that you're able to join us today and tell that story and you know clearly anything we can do and people we can connect with after this, let's, let's keep the conversation going and we're happy to support as much as we can. That's awesome guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to talk with people that it's great to talk to people that are um, very passionate about the sport and you guys are doing a great job in Iowa. So, and um, great job on the podcast too. So keep this up and um, I look forward to talking with you guys in the future. We couldn't do it without people, you know, buying in. But hey, before we let you go, uh, yeah. you know, how do how do people get a hold of you if they're maybe seeing this and hearing about ball hockey for the first time and they're, you know, in that South Florida area? How do they get a hold of you? How do they get signed up? What's the steps? Yeah, for sure. So uh, lightningmadehockey.com. So lightningmade. So I'm um, just lightning and then made madehockey.com. That's our website. Um, you can go on there. It has all of our all of our programming that's going on. Um, in leagues right now it's pretty bare obviously um, but um, a lot of our programming and leagues are on that website so I would um, I would just go to lightningmadehockey.com to, to keep up to date with what we got going on perfect perfect well we'll certainly check it out I, I think you guys are probably in store for nothing but growth and you know I think some of the stuff we talked about is maybe a little bit big picture but it, it comes on quicker than you think I mean once it once it you know starts catching on people really seem to to like ball hockey and stuff. So I'm excited to see, um, you know, every, every corner of the United States buying in. Yeah, we'll get there for sure. We'll get there. The new soccer. Yeah, I like it. We'll get, we'll get that. Uh, we'll get that on everybody's time. The new soccer. Uh, well, anyway, Josh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Campbell day seems like they're doing a lot for us and uh, I'm sure we'll come and see you again if we have you on the show, but uh, stay safe during this whole, uh, quarantine thing and uh, you know you'll be out there lacing up the sneakers before you know it all right sounds good boys thank you all right thanks josh appreciate it yeah